This is the Truth Network. I should be sailing. It's called wayfinding, princess. It's not just sails and knots. It's seeing where you're going in your mind. Knowing where you are by knowing where you've been. Wayfinding. Lesson one. Hit it. Uh, pull the sheet. Not the sheet. No. We read the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. We know where we are. We know who we are, who we are. Christian Cargai Radio Show. Today on the Christian Car Guy Show, who is your wayfinder? Right? <laughs> so, who knows the way? And I don't know if you noticed that they noticed that, I mean, noticed that they said, I'm going to say notice again, Bill, in just a second if I get my mouth working. They said, we know where we are, and they also said, we know who we are. So, I'm going to guess that your wayfinder, whoever they may be, and whatever field of expertise they may have is bill is blowing up his glove i have no idea what that was about but anyway they not only know the way but they also are a go-to because they know who they are and so you, you might have noticed in the beginning and there's a lot there there's so much wisdom there i could just i've been meditating on it actually for a few days is and i really think moana is a great movie when it comes to understanding identity she shares you know how a young girl's heart is called to the sea but way more than that it's her identity her glory the way she reflects god so her heart is driving her like we talked about last week her heart is driving her to sail so she thinks right but maui the voice of dwayne johnson there he shares some phenomenal wisdom that i hope we'll all just let's sink in a bit just listen carefully to what he said and think about it from a life standpoint, right? He says, it's not sailing, it's wayfinding, princess. Wow, I mean, there's a lot right there. It's not just sails and knots. It's seeing where you're going in your mind, right? Now, this is vision stuff, right? It's seeing where you're going in your mind and knowing where you are by knowing where you've been. Just, just let that just sink in and begin to percolate a bit. And let me give you an ex example because I'm a car guy, so here you go. Knowing where you're going by knowing where you've been immediately takes me to many times we would have people <laughs> bring in an engine that they have torn down themselves, and they want us to put it back together again. 
Now, if you're a mechanic, right, and, and you're now challenged, Bill, just picture this in your mind, and I've seen him doing with transmissions too, and here are all the pieces laid out. It takes quite a wayfinder, right, to take an engine that somebody else has taken apart and put it back together. Because that carburetor screw and the transmission <laughs> screw look a whole lot similar. Right. And the parts are spread all over the place. But see, a, mechan a good mechanic, a wayfinder, somebody with ex you know, experience and they're calling to do this kind of thing, they can tell where they're going by where they've been, Right. In other words, if you've taken that engine apart, you know where it, how it was originally, and to put it back together when you've not done that is quite a feat. I've seen it done, but it takes somebody who has reassembled that particular kind of engine many, 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 many times. And in there, I think, is a clue to life that we could all learn from in the way of wayfinding, because wayfinding is kind of where we find ourselves, especially if you're trying to find a good mechanic. How do you find that way? We're going to talk about that today in the show. But more than that, I would like you to think about when you found a wayfinder and like what that looked like, especially, you know, somebody that really you could see their gifting, like, man, they were called to do this like Moana was called to the sea. So when I was a young boy, I was, you know, I was always called to the outdoors, and I love the sea. Actually, I, I wanted, when I was a little kid, you don't know this, Bill, but I wanted to be a charter boat captain, took people out fishing. That's really what I wanted. So I was called to the sea, but anyway, I loved scouts, loved outside, and so I, I was a Boy Scout, and I started out in Illinois, and then we moved to Michigan. Well, they were going to start a new troop, and I was the only kid that was in the group of this troop that they were going to start that had any Boy Scout experience. So they chose me to be the leader of the Rattlesnake, Rattlesnake Patrol. Now, the Rattlesnake Patrol turned out to be all the kids that nobody else would pick, right? So when they picked all the kids to go in these different patrols, the kids that nobody else picked because they figured Robbie could help teach them something, Right. That might be what they were thinking. It could be, whatever. <laughs> All I know is I got what a lot of people would have considered the loser patrol, okay? So I got the bedwetters and, and the little skinny kids that you did not want on your dodgeball team, I'm just telling you. <laughs> That's one little kid. I mean, he went to bed. Every, if you were out on a camping trip, you just had to be prepared. And his name was Petey, just to go with it, you know? It was just that's what he did. So poor Petey, you know? And, and we really, we were like just shunned by everybody and all this shenanigans, right? But one year we were invited to the Klondike Derby. And in Michigan, the Klondike Derby is everybody goes out there like you got a big snow sled. It looks like an Alaskan sled and it's pulled by the members of your patrol. And so, you know, you got six or seven guys that are pulling this and you had to go from station to station. Of course, this is where the wayfinding comes in because – you had to use a compass to find where it is that you were going. And once you got to the station, then you had to do some kind of Boy Scout feat, like make a fire or, or do some first aid thing or something. So if you get in the picture now, this particular Klondike Derby, here we are. And it is snowing like you've never seen in your life. I mean, it's literally a blizzard. You can't see five feet in front of your face. Now, it just so happened amongst my team of bedwetters and little skinny kids and all that I had in the Rattlesnake Patrol, 
I had this one kid, man. This guy could read. He was a wayfinder. He he knew what maps were, and he knew what a compass was, and he knew how to use it. It was, like, phenomenal. And I knew it that he could. And so I'm like, man, you take us where we need to go because, you know, we take off in this blizzard and nobody can see, and he's got a compass, and off we go headed towards the first waypoint. Well, when we get to that waypoint, we're supposed to build a fire with two matches. Now, understand it's snowing like there's no tomorrow. Right, but it just so happened. <laughs> I knew I you had, had the pyromaniac. I, I had <laughs> <a> your patrol. <laughs> I had this kid talk about start a fire. He didn't need two matches. All he needed was a rock somewhere and something, and this kid could make a fire. I mean, it was just he might have wet the bed, but he could certainly light a fire to dry it out. I'm just telling you. <laughs> and so, you know, he lights this fire, and off this blaze goes because you know he. That was his call, you know, down in his heart. He, he loved to make fire. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had this other kid, again, skinny as a rail. You wouldn't want him on your dodgeball kid, but he could lash. And lashing is a tough thing if you've ever done it as a Boy uh, Scout. Yes, it, sir. It, but he could lash. He was the lash master. And so we get to the next step, and we had to build this, like, platform thing by lashing when we get to the next, you know. And we're, we have no idea that we're doing anything. Right, And we get to the third one and we do some, you know, first aid thing. And then we go, well, we're going to lose this thing anyway because we're, in our mind, we're the losers. So we just said, we got this fabulous sled. It's some beautiful hills. So we just start sledding. And we think we're all good. You know, like we spend most of the afternoon sledding. And then <laughs> we don't realize we're the only person that ever found one waypoint. <laughs> <laughs> And so when we get done having fun, we come back to the, to the, you know, big hoo-ha and everybody's cheering us like we're the winners, you know, and we immediately, but, but think about what we discovered in the midst of it, that each of these kids that looked like losers to whatever extent were actually wayfinders in their own way. God had given them some special talent, some special gift. And by the way, He's done that for every single person. It was my first chance to see such a thing. So when you're looking for a wayfinder, right, you're looking for somebody who's got that calling down in their heart, somebody who has experience. Like, have you ever noticed, Bill, that some people love Toyotas? And so if you're looking for a Toyota mechanic, just, I'm just saying, you, you need the guy that loves Toyotas. We got much more wayfinding, but I would love your story of the time when you found a wayfinder and what that looked like. 866-348-7884. 866-34-TRUTH. So much more wayfinding coming on the Christian Car Guy Show. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. I should be sailing. It's called wayfinding, princess. It's not just sails and knots. It's seeing where you're going in your mind. Knowing where you are by knowing where you've been. We read the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we go-to wayfinder who knows the way and who knows who they are we would love your story (laughs) 
like we just talked about, 866-348-7884 is the number to call in and share. You know, they got to know who they are. They got to know where they are. And there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. But I don't, I want you to kind of, I just want to share really what's in my heart with this is, is, is you begin to process this young girl who was being called to the sea she felt. And maybe you feel that, like you're just looking at the ocean and there's something that's calling you. Or maybe you look in a, in a campfire and there's something that's calling you. And, and you're trying to understand that and you're trying to understand really, you know it's from God. And, and what are you calling me to or where are you calling me to? And those of us who love the sea and love sailing, obviously this is a really cool theme. But if you love cars... It, it, it is as well, and, I, and it's an important thing. I promised I would tell you how to find a good mechanic. I've shared this before, but I'll share it again. Is that you're, you're looking for a wayfinder, somebody who has been there, done that, right? And they know where they are in a repair because they've, <laughs> they've been there. And so there's nothing like experience, and what you're going to find is what my, my experience has been, is that certain men or women, I've known some wonderful women mechanics, absolutely amazingly talented very, very good at what they do because they loved Volkswagens or they, and, and believe me, I, I had some Volkswagen mechanics at one time. They loved Volkswagens. They're Mercedes people. They love Mercedes or Honda people love Hondas. And you, if, if you get them going on the subject, they'll just be talking about it. So how do you find that guy? Well, it's kind of cool if you go to a parts store, especially Napa parts stores, because Napa delivered to a bunch of different mechanics. And so if you go to a Napa that you know they they offer free delivery so a lot of independent mechanics use them and you say who's a good honda mechanic they know exactly right because they're the guys that know the way and they generally have one person on their staff that works with all the different bodies uh, all the different garages so right talk to their commercial expert right and so here's a guy it's kind of like a my daughter's a nurse and she'll tell you and she's a nurse in the operating room she will tell you which doctor you do not want to. Yep. <laughs> and, and so Napa people, they know the guys that are always returning parts. Yeah. Cause, you know, the way that, that bad mechanics work is they begin to guess at what it's going to be. And so they return a ton of parts. They do. And this is very highly frustrating if you're a parts person. And so, you know, wayfinding when it comes to finding a good mechanic or a good body shop you know, is really a, a, a neat part of life to be able to, and I feel very blessed that I have these people in my life, that like when my daughter, you know, she got in a fender bender, I knew exactly who the go-to guy was. It was Ray, you know, Jerry at Ray's Body Shop, and I knew what record company to call. And, and when you know these things, he knows the way because, you know, he's been there, but you can also tell that he's got a passion for it. He loves it. The same is true for insurance, right, Bill? Yeah, we had a car catch fire right in front of my house. <laughs> Lady's driving down the road, and you can see the flames coming out of the engine as she jumps out of the car, and it just goes up. Well, you know, I went out, and I helped her. She was trying to take some gas up to her daughter up the street, and we got that. I said, you need to understand, you've got to take the license plate off that car because <laughs> finding that car is going to be a challenge. And you want to be the person to talk to the record company and have the record company take it to the junkyard instead of it spending a week or two weeks somewhere else where you've got to pay for it. Be in there. So, you know, you, there, there are things you know, and there's pieces of it because you've 
seen 20 people not take your advice and it costs them a whole lot of money. You, you got a few pearls and jewels to share with people. Yeah. Yeah. You've been there, you know, and, and you know, clearly with the Jesus labor love, we have lots of opportunities where people donate cars. It's a wonderful thing. I didn't think you wanted this one. I might have, who knows, <laughs> but you know, every car has some value to somebody. One man's junk's another man's treasure. <laughs> but anyway, you know, the tag is a big part of that because we always say, look, you know, be sure and take your tag because if you don't turn that in, your insurance people will scold you. Well, the state <laughs> scolds you and the insurance people say, look, we didn't know, we didn't know to stop the insurance on it. Somebody's got to tell us. Well, if I'm not mistaken, every time I've done it recently, that the insurance told the people, look, in order for you to cancel your insurance, you have to turn the tag in. Otherwise, you end up with a state fine. Right. Yes. And depends on the state that you're in, and I realize, but those are things that, you know, are really, in, in Texas, the, the tag stays with the vehicle. You know, if you happen to live in Texas today, and I don't know what state you live in, in Colorado it was the same way, that, as I recall, this was years ago, probably 30 years ago since I sold cars in Colorado, but in other words, the, the tag stayed with the car no matter who was owning the car, but in North Carolina, the tag stays with the owner, no matter what car they have. And, or you can get a new tag depending on your situation and how you want to do that. But you had a story when you were in Boy Scouts. Oh yeah. Well, I was in a troop in Palm Harbor, Florida, and we had this wonderful scoutmaster who was probably 85. He set up a trailer with all our gear and part of it and a place for him to sleep in the other. And then he had an assistant that was interesting but the the whole troop got in, I mean, we got in a little bit of trouble here, a little bit of trouble there. And I ended up a scout leader and uh, a, a uh, what what position did you have when a you patrol? patrol leader? Sorry. Yeah, been I was a long say time. You were a scout leader, really. Well, you I did that a long time later. Guy. But I was a patrol leader, right. and we had a group, and we decided that we were going to go out on our own as a patrol and, and brush up on all our skills. And uh, one of the boys uh, was my next door neighbor, Patrick. Patrick was a real challenge. And then one of my friend's father was a district court judge, and he had a nice bit of acreage. So we, four of us went, and we were trying to find just the absolute perfect place to, to camp. And we go down and around, and we ended up in this beautiful area with these pine trees and a great big cushion of pine needles. And set up a camp and got a fire going. And I'm going to tell you about Patrick when we get back. I understand the whole woods became a blaze. So oh, it was something. It. <laughs> it was something. Who was your wayfinder? What's your go-to? What's your story? We got somebody calling in. I'm anxious to hear that. 866-348-7884. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. I've been staring at the edge of the water Long as I can remember Never really knowing why I know a girl from an island She stands apart from the crowd She loves the sea and her people She makes her whole family proud Sometimes the world seems against you The journey may leave a scar But scars can heal and reveal just where you are See the line where the sky meets the 
is your go-to wayfinder today on the Christian Car Guy Show. And really, we're looking at who we are to some extent as we see this reflected in others. And I don't know, another little phenomenal piece of wisdom from that movie, if you caught it, it's actually from the grandmother <laughs> who's speaking about her granddaughter. And she says that our scars can heal and they also can tell us where we are. And there's some phenomenal things that Jesus does with scars, I'm just saying. <laughs> and uh, that healing really has an impact. And I'm thinking that there's some scars on Bill right now because he, <laughs> he was getting cooked in the fire when we left our hero. Yeah, you break a bone, and when it heals, that particular part's tougher than the rest of the bone. Well, we were on a camping trip with our patrol, and we've got just a wonderful area set up with just the perfect tent, and we got a fire going without any trouble, and we got everything raked out really nice, and we got the meal all ready to go. And good old Patrick said, watch this, and he grabs a great <laughs> big handful of pine needles and throws them on the fire and i mean sparkles go way up in the air and there are little bits of fire flying everywhere and before we know it the tents own fire <laughs> and the woods are on fire the trees are on fire and we're so i'm sending one of the young men back to get his dad he said go back down we need help we need help so he goes running off and in about 20 minutes we've got three district court judges in their sunday finest with wet burlap bags beating a fire while we're waiting for the fire truck to come down and the fire truck comes and gets stuck on top of a palmetto bush and i mean it's uh we are the news of the county for about a week um it was a very interesting memory from my childhood. <laughs> yeah, but fortunately you had a go-to uh, fire department that and the right got there eventually. district court judges. Well, I am very interested. We got Dawn is in Nahomish, Washington. I may have just destroyed that name, Dawn, <laughs> but I always try. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> That's a camping story interesting because I was a campfire leader. But anyway, <laughs> my my story has to do with a young bride. Her husband got to go to a men's retreat, so there she was with the car. And she calls up and she says, Honey, I think there's something wrong with the transmission. And he says, Well, what do you think, honey? What happened? She says, Well, I put it in D for daylight. And last night when I got ready to come home from Mama's, I had it in end for nighttime, and it just wouldn't go. <laughs> and then this morning when I was going to the store, there was a guy that pulled up next to me, and he on the race, so I put it in our race. That is who got behind me. You put it in R for what now? Race. Oh, for race. Race. <laughs> now it's got more than just the transmission wrong. Yeah. That's the whole Prindle story. <laughs> That's quite a story. Is it true? No. Well, okay. We just thought we'd ask. <laughs> we thought we'd ask. But anyway, that... it, it's no... Homish, it's an Indian word for what we've got up here. 
in Washington State, lots of Indian names. I love that. It's snow snow homish. Right. There, I don't see it. Eventually, we'll we'll get it. We'll get it. Yeah, this is about the third time now. All right. Well. We'll work on it. We'll keep we'll keep working on it. Well, thank you for your story. I, I it, that's a great Prindle story, and, and a lot of yeah. people, you know, would come in and with really. I've yeah, I've heard D, some stories, but I haven't heard that. D for daylight and N for nighttime <laughs> and R for race. <laughs> and well, fortunately, l- later on on the first day of the year, you know, they went and. They put it in P for parade. <laughs> <laughs> yep. There you go. Thank you, Don. God bless. I appreciate your call today and your story. That's wonderful. I won't forget Thank it. Believe me. Thank much. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <clears throat> yeah, there's a few Prindle stories out there. So you may wonder, you know, Robbie, how did you, you know, God takes me on these adventures. And I just, I really, really do love them. And so I was really studying Revelation thinking about how cool the tree of life would be. Like, it's going to have 12 fruits that one, you get a new one every month. And I was thinking, now, what fruit am I going to, you know, just how does this exactly work? And and so I began to think about that, and I started to think about the number 12. And so I decided to look that up in Hebrew because I didn't know what it looked like. And in Hebrew, 12 is actually not like we think of it in English, like a number, it's actually 10 and 2. And and when you think about the 12 tribes of Israel, you'll see that there was always two that were kind of floating around out there. Like there is 10 and then there's two and there's 12 disciples. And in fact, it's interesting to me how you find all these 12s in Genesis and all these 12s in Revelation. But that's actually where I was going. And then I started to look at the 12 blessings that Jacob gave his tribe that he gave his kids, right? And so here's a dad, right? And he's got 12 sons. And he begins to speak over them right before he dies. And I don't know if you've ever really, I, I spent most of the week just looking at how he loved his kids. And you know, to start off with Reuben, Reuben was his firstborn. It was the first sign of his strength. And you know that Jacob was a pretty strong guy. He wrestled with God. <laughs> and what? <laughs> yeah, so this was it. This was it. But I, I, if you look at the flag for the tribe of Reuben, it's mandrakes. And the reason that it's mandrakes is because Reuben brought mandrakes to his mother when she couldn't get pregnant again because he wanted her to to get what, she was looking for the love from her husband. Her, her, you know, Reuben's mother was Leah. And so, <clears throat> you know, she was obviously in a lot of pain, hoping that Jacob would come and love her. And so her son comes and brings her these mandrakes. A- and I find it fascinating that that is on the flag of the tribe of Reuben. And when you really think about the strength that perhaps Jacob was talking about was the strength of Reuben's love. Because Reuben was the one actually who tried to stop Joseph from getting wiped out. Of course, he didn't too successful, and he he had all sorts of things that happened to him. And of course, he went to his. You know, he ended up on the backside of that blessing a little bit. But you will get down to the tribe of Zebulun, and then you're going to find that their tribe's ensign, their coat of arms, so to speak, is a ship, and it's 
actually through Moses's blessing and through Jacob's blessing, you'll see that that whole tribe was obviously called by the sea. And when you look at Asher's blessing, they were the cooks, like they were going to make awesome food for kings. And, and there were certain, like Naphtali, his, his was a, a, a free deer, and he was good with words. And so you, you can see that here's a daddy speaking over all these kids, speaking into the way that they would find their own way. And, and so from the time you were a little kid, all of us, there's been things that have been calling. It might be the ocean. It might be cars. It might be insurance bill. <laughs> I don't know. But, but, but there's been things that have been calling to you. And it has to do with who you are and, and how God made you. And you very uniquely, you will find that those scars are the way that Satan has been attacking. He's seen it. Satan has seen you from the horizon from a long time ago, and he does not like your reflection of God. He, he, he doesn't like you, but he hates God. And when you start to reflect God, he's coming after you. And so quite often your scars, the reason why that I like what the grandmother said, though, your scars are showing you a little bit of a key to your own glory because Satan is terribly afraid of what it is that you could do if you really walked in that identity that God gave you, you see? And he's known what that was from the time you were a little bitty kid, and so some of those scars are gonna reflect that. Now listen to what Moana says as we come out of the next break. Uh, this next line is perhaps the most wisdom that's in the whole movie <laughs> on wayfinding, because we're gonna find our way here shortly. Jesus has some words along these lines. But listen carefully to what Manawana says when we come back. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Who is your go-to wayfinder today on the Christian Car Guys show? Who knows the way and who knows who they are? And again, if you listen carefully to what Moana said, uh, this lyric to me is genius. I'm going to say it slow so to sink in because it just, I just, this is phenomenal, this insight. It says the call isn't out there at all. And she's been talking about the call of the sea to her life. The call isn't out there at all. It's inside me. It's like the tide, always falling and rising. I will carry you. <laughs> That's fascinating that they wrote that. I, I will carry you in my heart. You remind me that come what may, I know the way. Now, <laughs> since we're saying that, and I just can't help but note how beautiful that aligns with John chapter 14, right? That what we... You know, when my daughter did, used to do Bible drill, they called John 14 the comfort chapter. And so, wow, I've, I've just always found a lot of comfort there ever since I found that out. So Jesus starts out, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. 
My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have not told you? I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you may also be where I am. Then he says, you know the way to the place where I'm going. Of course, Thomas, (laughs) bless his little heart, (laughs) says, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? I just think if Thomas had not asked that question, this is the beauty of Thomas right here. If he had not asked that question, we would not have this answer, which is the answer, okay? I'm just going to share with you where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, I, I, I knew this verse for years before I understood that it was actually there is a wayfinding thing in this verse. It's the way to the Father. Jesus is saying, you want to get up here? <laughs> he is the way. He, he is the way, but the way to what? It is the way to the Father. And, and Jesus, being the son that he is, is trying to build the kingdom, is taking us into his Father's house. And so the way is like, oh, my goodness. And you might be needing some comfort right now, (laughs) however that looks. Maybe you don't know Jesus and you just tuned into a car show because you wanted to hear about cars. Well, and now you're thinking, maybe I need to know this way. Well, let me tell you, Jesus is a real, live person, God, son of God that you can come to know and love, and he can help you interpret those scars that show you who you are. He can help you interpret those calls that are inside of you, and he can do all those things, but you got to get into a relationship with him. In order to do that, you first of all have to believe that he really exists, and you have to believe not only that, that he is in fact who he said he was, <laughs> the son of God, and you got to believe that he is what, they, what he is saying here, that he is the way to the Father. And the way he did that was by dying on the cross so that his blood could cover you so that when his father looks at you, he sees the son. And so that you actually can spend eternity there in heaven with him. And the way you can do that is simply by asking him, by saying, God, I want you to come inside me, just like Moana was talking about there. Come inside of me and show me the way. Show me the way to the Father, but he will actually show you your way every day through life if you'll come to him every morning or every afternoon or every you know minute of the day that you come to him. He's right there saying, here we go, Robbie. Here's the way that we could go. Bill will tell you that Robbie rarely knows where he's going. Well, I don't know. I think you normally know where you're going, but when you look back, you can see where you made some mistakes. No, I mean, you ask me every week. It's like Yoga Berra said, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. Right. But, you know, you ask me every week, what's my topic? And and, and, and I'm like, I'm not exactly sure. Because I haven't gotten my up-to-the-minute details of where Jesus wants Uh, this show to go. I figured it was you going to have fun with me. You're going to give me something so cryptic. You'll never (laughs) figure it out. No, it's it's, it's actually God's been so cryptic with me that I'm I'm trying to figure it out all the way. And I have been studying... 
these blessings of of Jacob on his children all week, just enjoying, loving it, loving it, and all the time asking God, where are we going? <laughs> and then yesterday he puts me, on, which he already knew I love the movie Moana, and he puts me on that, and I begin to study these songs, and I begin to study these lyrics, and I'm like, oh my goodness, look at the wisdom that's in there. Look at this. I mean, it just was exploding at me. And I'm like, this is absolutely phenomenal stuff when it comes to identity. Like, who these kids were in the Rattlesnake Patrol, like who I have been my life. There's been things. You kept up with any of them? Yeah. Any idea how they ended up? <laughs> I know. One real well. <laughs> he ended up as the Christian car guy. And it was interesting that God called me to some type of leadership role there, even in that stage of my life. And I think it's, it's just been a fascinating journey to see the things that did call to me. Like at the ocean has always called to me. Fires have always called to me. The outdoors, you know, a lot of those things. And along those lines, I've taken some pretty bad wounds. <laughs> well, you certainly have overcome wounds better than most. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know about that. But I do know that Jesus is the way. And there's the, there's the point. That if you want comfort, look at this, right? He's saying that here is the ultimate comfort it's it's right here it's going to be laying in the in the in the father's arms and when you're at just that point where Mo, moana is actually talking about right there where she says and i don't know where else to turn where is your go-to where are you going to well if you have jesus i'm telling you you got a go-to guy and he's way above anything that you've ever ever experienced is to be able to get quiet and ask him where are we going because I'm confused, I'm scared, I'm wherever I am at this particular moment in my life, or even when I'm having a blast, like I was this morning as I was looking at all this music. If you'd have been in here with me, I was just, oh man, I was just on cloud nine. But still, where are we going, Jesus? What do, what do you want? And, and what I know is that in these times, I understand there is a phenomenal movement of God of people that are looking for answers. And so if you found some answers here today, please, 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 you know, go to our website, christiancarguy.com. There you're going to find out how to know God. There's more details, more links. Email me, Robbie, how can I get connected to the Bible, to a church that would teach the word? All those things are all available at christiancarguy.com. But most importantly, right, ask him, where are we going? What's my next step? There, it will be the journey of journeys, and I can just share with you that pick up a Bible, begin to read it, and you're going to find it's just incredible times that can change your life. So, who's your go-to guy? Well, it's Jesus, but we can help you with the other ones. If you need them with a Christian car guy, go to christiancarguy.com. Of course, Jesus, labor, love, car repair, labor for single moms, widows, and families in crisis. That's all there. And, of course, as experts, we got Bill's page and all that other stuff. So thank you for listening to the Christian Car Guy Show. Thank you, Bill. Did you have fun? Yes, sir. Thank you. Remember, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went, got it all done in 33 years. Thank you so much for listening.
for listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com.